This episode is brought to you by Vonage. Your business needs more than an 800 number. With Vonage Voice API, you can provide the call experience your customers expect and get the data your team needs. From call analytics and virtual assistance to automatic speech recognition and text-to-speech in multiple languages. Your customer service team can help more people in more places. And with in-app voice, your customers can easily contact you the moment they have a question. Take your calls to the next level with Vonage Voice API. Learn more at Vonage.com. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Skincare Anarchy. This is your host, Ekta. Today I have an awesome guest once again. Um, her name is Eva Teixeira and she is the co-founder for the Good Face Project, which is a wonderful technology that helps match um, all of the ingredients in our skincare and it tells us more information about that. So welcome, Eva. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's my pleasure, Ekta. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background and your career? Sure. Um, I grew up in Bulgaria uh, mm-hmm. during uh, like the end of the communist uh, era and a bit after it in a very tumultuous time, both economically and politically. Yeah. And uh, when I was 19, I uh, decided that I really wanted to come to the United States and uh, chart a path for myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And my parents uh, borrowed about $3,000 from friends and family mm-hmm. and sent me with that in my pocket all wow. alone uh, yeah. at the age of 19. Um, and my first entry to the U.S. was actually Nebraska, rural Nebraska. What? In a community really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so random. <laughs> Not random at all. Actually, I had searched for months um, the year before that uh, for cheap college and the United States in all of the permutations and combinations of, of that search on Yahoo because Google wasn't the thing back then. Yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> that was the main search in yeah, so so there were there were um, you know somehow I found this McCook Community College, which I found to be the cheapest college in the United States. <laughs> it was a two year, <laughs> it was a two year school. Mm-hmm. I applied to it. I had phenomenal, like ninety ninth percentile SAT, and wow. I applied there, and I got the presidential scholarship, which amounted to something like a thousand bucks a year. <laughs> but oh wow. The, yeah, but the college itself, you know, like room board and books, mm-hmm. like I called them and I said, can you tell me exactly how much it's going to cost me to go there for one semester? And right. they said, oh, you know, about $3,000. So I begged my parents to go and borrow money from friends and family and they sent me uh, into the unknown. <laughs> so that's how it all started. Well, yeah, you have some so amazing I'm, parents. I'm uh, they are fantastic. They like I I owe everything to them. We yeah. grew up extremely poor. Uh, yeah. We had barely uh, ever any luxuries, and the fact that they just always always vote for me with you know going and asking you know people to give them five hundred bucks a piece and yeah. and just um, putting all of this together and saying you know we can send Eva and she will. She'll return the loan. It's okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so this is, uh, I, I really have one of the few 
true immigrant stories that I have actually heard in my yeah. generation because I'm um, I'm kind of a cusper between X and Y, um, yeah. and you know I I started my uh, career if you let's call it a career here in the United States from college I went to um, slowly but surely I put myself through school uh, mm-hmm. I have a BS in math and business and then I. Um, really, I'm a, an engineer by training. Uh, I have a master's in industrial engineering from the University of Michigan. Oh, wow. um, and after a few really, really meaningful experiences in the consumer world, I decided to also get an MBA from Harvard Business School. That's and, amazing. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy, amazing ride. Um, and. About 10 years ago, I graduated from Harvard Business School and I started working for uh, Bain and Company, which is a very large consulting company. Mm-hmm. And there is where I actually, for the first time, encountered the world of beauty. Yeah. I um, was a strategy consultant to a number of beauty brands, uh, like Fortune 100 companies yeah. that uh, have huge beauty brand portfolios and from the vantage point of uh, being a strategy consultant I was able to see how those businesses operate at the at the high level you know like how how yeah. they're built and and what what are the triggers for success yeah. um, and things like that and so that's where I really got my uh, first exposure to the world of uh, beauty and skincare that I is have, such uh, great that is such great experience to start off with you know like to be able to work for such large companies and then see everything firsthand that must have been so amazing that that was amazing I mean we we solved problems for very like very very well-known brands um, that have to do with distribution with pricing with product selection and you know skew proliferation and just super super interesting problems that right. always right. touched the consumer, but never really like I was working with the people inside the companies, looking at their sales data mm. and and making making sense out of the trends. But I never really got to speak with consumers. And so for me, it came full circle when uh, one day I was invited after I had left um, Bain and had launched uh, into the startup world um, I, I was invited by a very large company to help them think through why consumers in in you know the early 2000, uh, 2000s are starting to pull away from some very well established brands and what yeah. is what is the trigger there like what's happening um, right. and right. I had the opportunity to speak with 116 women. Um, in their 30s and 40s and to kind of like really understand what it is that they're missing in their skincare specifically. And what these women told me was top of mind for them were two very surprising things. The first thing was, you know, I want the assurance that my products are clean and that I will not be, you know, suffering from um, cancer or obesity or hormonal disruption, endocrine disruption in any way because just because I'm using certain products. Right. So I mm-hmm. want my products to be safe. 
And the second thing that I heard from these women was that they really, really are quite um, ambivalent to uh, the way things are in terms of marketing in, in the world of beauty and personal care at this time, where mm-hmm. it's all driven from celebrities and driven from, you know, the, the um, uh, influencers that are out there. While they pay attention to them, what they were telling me was that they pay attention and they see, you know, what Jennifer Aniston likes or what Gwyneth Paltrow recommends, but they take it with a grain of salt because they realize that their own skin is unique to them and has specific needs that need to be answered. And there's just very, very little out there that actually solves for that personalization need, if you will. Yeah. yeah, So with these two insights, um, I came back from, the the study that I was doing with uh, this large company and I started researching, you know, like, are there opportunities for me to help uh, these women? Are there opportunities for me to build something that uh, helps them find clean products that work specifically for them and, the, and for their skincare needs? Right. And that's how the Good Faith Project was uh, uh, conceived as an idea. Wow. I mean, that's a really, that's a really cool brand journey because it's like you really got to see the inner workings of what's going on and where the disconnect is with the consumers. I really love that. I, I feel like, yeah. it's, you know, like right now, I feel like an Instagram and, you know, I know a lot of things are on Instagram for skincare right now. And I think there's still this kind of underlying confusion in the in women in terms of like you know well is this going to look good on my skin or you know what I mean even if you see your favorite influencer using a product you like I know I you know always step back and I always think like well is this going to suit my skin so I I completely understand where they're coming from you know the the woman that the women that you interviewed that's right and especially um you know what we ever since we started the company uh, together with my co-founder who by the way is the the only rocket scientist that currently works in skincare. Oh, uh, she, wow. was, um, <laughs> she was, she uh, was, she was a researcher at the Ukrainian Space Research Institute, um, doing image recognition software algorithms um, before she started working on the Good Face project with me. So she's kind of like really the person behind all of the personalization and algorithms and safety algorithms that we have on the Good Faith app and behind the Good Faith Project website. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, as we have, as we started working on the Good Faith Project, uh, Lena and I have just made sure that we never, ever, ever forget where, where the idea was conceived, that it was like firsthand speaking with the actual consumers that are very much like you and me they just want to solve a problem they just want to feel uh beautiful they just want to feel comfortable in their own skin and um throughout the whole development of what we have done so far we have really always been very very intent on listening to the customer um and it's kind of like in our in our uh, dna as a company Well, I mean, it, it, it's interesting because your your technology is basically helping people match the correct ingredients, right, for their skin? That's right. That's right. So if you download the Good Face app, uh, which mm-hmm. is available in the App Store, um, mm-hmm. you are um, 
from the get-go, you have to take a, a, uh, a skin quiz, which is very, very carefully designed to remove your own perception bias about what it is that your skin needs and to just supply the facts to us. And then our algorithms crunch up on in the background what your personal needs are uh, in right. terms of, uh, you know, do you, do you need to be working on things that bring down irritation because maybe you have eczema? Do you need a lot of hydration because you, you, have, um, you have answered questions that lead us to believe that you have very dry skin? Um, do you have, um, you know, uh, did you say that you have very often blocked pores? Uh, in that case, we will need to be uh, thinking about how sebum is um, uh, aggregated in your pores and like thinking about ingredients that, that uh, help you regulate that, right? So we basically ask these really, really simple questions of the consumer that uh, downloads the app. And then on the back end, we define what what her needs are, mm-hmm. and then we take all of the information that we have aggregate, aggregated for over 100,000 individual ingredients in the cosmetics industry, mm-hmm. um, and these 100,000 ingredients we have mapped across 15 dimensions of safety and efficacy, and so, for example, we know that vitamin C, and we know to what extent, actually, vitamin C is a bleaching ingredient. We know to what extent vitamin C is good for collagen regeneration and so on and so forth. Wow. And if yeah. you need collagen regeneration or if you need, um, you know, brightening uh, of your skin based on what you have told us in your quiz, then we match you to products that have, that are very, very rich on vitamin C or that are very rich in the particular ingredients that you need. And right. so we kind of like match you to the product that have the ingredients that you need. And in essence, we have built the first of its kind ingredient-driven recommendation engine for skincare. That is amazing. Wow. Like, I'm just sitting here thinking about all the different, like, the complicated coding that must have gone into this. Because, I mean, that's (laughs) really, you know, because I, I I had a year of, like, my IT phase where I went and became a data modeler for a year. So I know how mm-hmm. much work, you know, goes into anything in terms of um, app development or anything. So yeah, that, that's, that's insane. I mean, that must have been, how long yeah, did it so- take you guys to like develop the app and like get it up? So actually the app was the easiest part because it's just basically a pretty interface that is, you know, useful to the people that are uh, working with it. Um, what, what took a long, long time and what we painstakingly did for two years, uh, almost incognito, uh, was actually to build our large ontology of ingredients. Um, the database that I told you about the 100,000 ingredients, um, and to actually, we, 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 um, challenged ourselves to make this a true ontology. What does that mean? It means that it lives on and that it grows in insight and in size as new ingredients and new insights arrive. And the way that we do this is we basically have a bunch of algorithms that go out to PubChem and PubMed any given minute of any given hour of any given day of the week. And they find the newest and, and, um, you know, the un, 
the undigested yet biased information about every single ingredient. So basically, our ingredients are being reviewed by algorithms like as we sit here, you know. So you're matching <laughs> so, so, all of this stuff to actual publications that are out right that's now. Right. That is yes. amazing. That's right. Wow. Okay. So so we're science science backed. We're we did not sit down with some chemists and with some dermatologists and decide and decided, okay, we're gonna name vitamin C brightening. No. Yeah. Like we had to we challenged ourselves to find those papers that actually show the action of every single ingredient. And then the papers are being sourced as we speak, new papers are being sourced as we speak, and these papers are being mined for the, like the sample size. Keywords and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. and for keywords, exactly. So in essence, what's running all of our technology is this massive literature research, literature review tool for cosmetic ingredients that we have built. And yeah. that gives us the opportunity to not just provide a really, really um, honest and objective and science-backed recommendations to the consumer, but it also helps us work with brands on um, the, helping them basically formulate more uh, potent and, and more um, and cleaner, basically, yeah. products. And effective, uh, and so, right? Exactly, exactly. Like, so, so um, brands very often um, that work with us, we have a, a, we, while we're serving the consumer with the solution that, um, that I described the Good Face app, uh, we actually, um, our, our core, our core customer is the brand and yeah. brands come to us with uh, basically three specific needs. One of them is to develop products. So they need they need our insights, our ontology, to decide what ingredients to use uh, if they're going to develop a stretch mark cream, for example. Right, right. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, they use, we have a SaaS platform for them. It's called the Good Face Formulator. Mm-hmm. Um, they, subscribe, they subscribe on a monthly basis for it. And they, basically, their R&D people subscribe to it. And it's like a... Um, a sandbox where they can figure out what they should put in their formula. Yeah. It's um, like building their own formula through your, through your resource. Exactly. So they go in the formulator and they say, um, I want to develop a stretch mark cream that will qualify for the European union specifically for the United Kingdom. Well, the United Kingdom left the European union, but like, let's say <laughs> I want to formulate this stretch mark cream for the United Kingdom uh, that will basically meet the regulatory restrictions in the UK. Right. I want it to be uh, highly moisturizing. I want it to be non-comedogenic and I want it to be, let's say, good for eczema. And so they flip on these little uh, switches in the yeah. formulator and then the formulator does and it spits out basically the uh, ingredients that are required for them to include into the formula in order to be able to make these claims about the product. And then also it tells them what ingredients they should stay away from if they want to be accepted by regulators in the UK. And so with that information, it's like superpower information because 
these people don't need to go and do the research on every single ingredient Shana, every single time they're doing created, a product. You've basically created a cheat sheet for all of the research exactly. out there. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Like a little, like a little, like a little, uh, you know, like a little sandbox for them to play with, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so, so that's what we, that's one of the things that we do for brands. The second thing that we do for brands is actually when the, uh, when the R&D person is done formulating and they're ready to hand off the product to um, product marketing, there are two, there are two really high value things that we provide. The first one is we offer the good faith index certification, which is very similar to EWG verified, but yeah. for brands who have developed their products on our in our sandbox, it's literally a two minute um, like flag. You just flip on a flag, and you immediately are submitted into our queue for approval. And yeah. if you have developed your product on our platform, we know everything about it. So for us, it's super super easy to actually certify you as a clean brand. Yeah. More specifically as a clean product, that particular formula is a clean product. And and that is um, now growing very, very fast for us. We have over 200 brands that are members of the Good Faith Index and oh that uh, have gone through certification. Yeah. And and then the, the second thing that the marketer actually also needs um, as a handoff from the R&D folks is proof for the claims on the product. So if we're saying that this product should be um, labeled as highly moisturizing or good for sensitive skin, now the information came from research about each of the ingredients that were included, right? But actually, in order for the brand to safeguard itself from any sort of litigation or any sort of... um, problems with with consumers and to be able to freely make these claims the brand really should be doing also consumer studies right right of and, course and and asking consumers to test the product for let's say a month and to objectively take some surveys and then um have that information and those statistics in in its back pocket moving forward right well the brand is not um necessarily allowed if you will to do these uh, studies by itself because they would not be deemed as objective studies right right there right. are a bunch of ways in which in which um incentives a lot to, of biases work exactly <laughs> yeah. so yeah. what we do is actually um people who are using the good face app our mm-hmm. users of the good face app are actually, because they're clean beauty enthusiasts who also are super, super interested in matching their own skin with the products that work for them, first of all, we can select the right users of our app for every product. So, for example, if you have dry skin and there is a product that needs to be tested that is supposed to be highly moisturizing, then we will match you to that that panel, if you will. And so we basically have launched this third um, service for brands that is called the Good Faith Experts and mm-hmm. it's just a community of uh, people who use the Good Faith app and so we understand everything about their skin and right. we can very very um, 
uh, in a very curated way, put together panels that test the claims of these products before they launch. And right. at that point in time, then the handoff for the R&D people to the marketing people is complete, right? The R&D people have made sure that the product will be meeting all the regulatory restrictions. They have made sure that the product is labeled as clean. And they have also made sure that they have set up the marketing folks to be able to make all the claims that they want to make on the label of the product. Right. So we do all of this for brands. So I have, okay, so this makes me very curious because I'm curious from the standpoint of when you first were creating your index of um, ingredients, which did you reference certain brands um, the, like more so than others? I mean, how was it really like, I, I'm a little confused there. Like, did you just, did you look through ingredients and say, you know what, we're going to just have these ingredients listed and then you ping PubMed and you extract that information? Or is it more of like using brand um, ingredient decks as like a starting off place? Like how did that? That's right. We, we use, we use the brand ingredient decks of basically uh, what we currently have in our databases, um, 4,880 some brands. Mm, um, okay. and we aggregated all of these ingredients and then we went to PubMed and PubChem and we searched, searched for results. And what we came away with was, okay, we can, we can actually find uh, consistently, um, these particular keywords that pertain to safety and the keywords are allergen, irritant, yeah. um, uh, hormonal disruptor and carcinogen. And so we decided that it basically we let the data speak to us. It's there's tons of scientific data about the action of every single one of these ingredients in those four dimensions. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then we asked ourselves, okay, but wait a minute, we just got a bunch of data about these ingredients and it's not just about safety. It's actually talking about their cosmetic benefits as well. So let's mine it for cosmetic benefits as well. Yeah. And that's where we found that's where we found all of the dimension of dimensions of cosmetic benefits. And that's really how it all evolved. Uh, it, we really were very, very, um, we had uh, the strong hypothesis that consumers want to have more information that is yeah. presented to them in a, in, a, in a way in which it's not confusing, but it, but, actually the the consumers can handle more information in the in the beauty and personal care space and that's what these women that i was interviewing initially before i even started the good face project were telling me you know they want yeah. to know the facts right, right. so and that's we, the big thing so, right now eva is that everyone is really hyper focused on that and i don't blame them everyone wants to know the facts and i and i really kind of See, here's my problem. You know, this is something I don't understand. Maybe you can help clarify this for me is that the when I go on to PubMed or I go on to any kind of source for peer-reviewed journal articles, I often find that, so for example, vitamin C, right? One paper will talk mm-hmm. about vitamin C's brightening effects or, um, you know, or anything for hyperpigmentation, they'll talk about, um, you know, just like the mechanism for it. But then every paper... Right has this like a different set of data that they're presenting right and like it's for That's like different it. demographics it's, it's different populations of people living different places so how did you guys 
deal with that aspect of the research because dermatolo- dermatological research right now, I, in my opinion, is very, very sparse in the sense that, you know, there's not a lot of studies that are recreating the results. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like right. you find one study that has, you know, certain results, but then you're not going to find another one. So how did you, um, you know, account for that in your development? Absolutely. So basically, every paper that we are sourcing uh, information from, we have indexed with the sample size um, of the of the you know of the study, Um, and we have also and so therefore, if a paper is claiming that I don't know snake oil is um, absolutely fantastic for inflammation for for inflammation. (laughs) whatever yeah. uh, we we have calcu- we have basically taken down the sample size of that of, of the study that this paper was published on top of mm-hmm. and then what we what we also have uh, like tried to our to to a great extent is to understand the demographic not always the demographics are published so that is very very sparse there uh, yeah. but also <clears throat> But also the the piece that we uh, take down is whatever statistical uh, inferences are made. So basically, if we if we have um, a, like a more granular information on okay, the, the average outcome was this, but then there was like a very very high standard deviation around it, then yeah. we also have this recorded, and and then it's just a bunch a bunch of really complicated algorithms that run um, on top of it to make sure that every single paper is aggregated in the right way and it's a it it's a beautiful mess I mean it's it's just really really hard to do that if you think about it it's almost like indexing the world of information in the cosmetics industry right yes it's almost like a like what google does (laughs) it's an encyclopedia it's basically like a beauty and cosmetics encyclopedia that you've created i mean exactly yeah and wow and so that took that took a lot of time and a lot of gray hair and uh you know lena and i basically worked on this for a couple of years like i said before we even launched the uh the app um, and we, it, I was actually continuing to do my consulting so that we could pay for a team of engineers that Lena was leading in, and uh, managing yeah. uh, in order to create that. And that is, that is like, um, we're so proud of this accomplishment because we are not aware of another uh, solution that can uh, not just the, not just crunched up a whole bunch of information, but continues to do so. It's literally like our yeah. our ontology is consuming consuming the world of um, scientific publications for cosmetics and personal care. I really this is honestly like from my scientific mindset, I'm just like my mind is going like crazy right now because I have so many questions for you. <laughs> um, this is just so cool. This is the coolest thing I've seriously come across. I mean just to just to be able to say that you guys have found a way to compile and categorize data is a giant giant accomplishment so i really want to congratulate you guys on that that is truly Thank truly you. genius and brilliant um my biggest thing i i'm seeing is that i feel like right now um you know skincare and beauty and everything is shifting more towards this like personalized 
personalization aspect. So you guys are really kind of ahead of the game with that in a, in a lot of ways where you're putting a lot of power in the hands of the consumer, in the hands of the brands. And I think that's so important. But more so, I, what I find to be the most intriguing about this is that dermatology research is very, very hard to figure out like in terms of what you should be studying, right? So it's like you can, you mm-hmm. can start a project on like something that, you know, for example, collagen. Everybody sells some a collagen product, but there's so I don't think the re, like the research community in dermatology understands where these gaping holes of information are. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. I feel like using your app could even benefit the research community because you could they could easily see that you know these are the this is the information available about collagen. So what can I like? What project can I come up with that's going to further that's enhance right. this research? You know? So that's yeah. right. And we're super excited about that. And we have some upcoming um, collaboration announcements with the dermatology community. Wow. Um, and, and, um, and we also have uh, some collaboration announcements with very large um, new product insights um, research companies that, um, that basically constantly collaborate with brands to, to help them understand what the ecosystem uh, is evolving to on an almost like on an annual annual basis yeah, um, yeah so we I mean what we have built is very useful for everyone who is looking for insight and almost like a like a compass through through the industry but in a very very factual way that is um, driven from really the, the, the scientific yeah the scientific insights yeah so, so one, one, yeah. thing, one thing I'm curious about is that, you know how right now a lot of people and a lot of brands are coming out with these random ingredients. I don't know if you know what I mean, but like, you know, like, for example, like Ayurveda, right? Like there's so many ingredients and so many things that can be used that are considered Ayurveda ingredients, but mm-hmm. there's not research out there. So how do you, do you guys have a plan for accommodating such ingredients? Um, and, you know, even though the, the data is missing in the, in the literature? So this is really hard. We, we have made it our mission to not um, make statements that we cannot back up with uh, scientific data points right and this is where the invitation for the scientific community is to actually catch up yeah, uh, we yeah. are a data company we are not a research company right. uh, that's a very very strong distinction that we try to make you know we, we have toxicologists and chemists uh, and dermatologists working with us but they are working with us to ensure that our uh, that our data aggregation methods do justice to the science Rather yeah. than to uh, to you know further the science, we would like to see scientists do that, and then we will really shine the light on their work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm uh, and I have to say, you know, like there there's just so very little that we understand about um, um, medicine systems like Ayurveda and China, uh, Chinese medicine. Uh, and by the way, I'm a I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner that got certified as one um, during my 300 hour uh, yoga certification course. Oh my gosh! It's uh, like what have you not done, uh, Eva? Seriously, I, I know. 
I'm, I'm, a, I'm you're a making the rest of us look bad. Sure. You're making the rest of us. Oh look no. <laughs> I just have a lot of energy and I need to channel it someplace, you know? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's amazing. I'm so impressed. Like this is, this is such a huge project. And I mean, the amount of thought and, you know, just, just brilliance that goes behind something like this is truly extraordinary. I mean, I, I'm really blown away. Um, I just, we, you know, and and I thing, have to say, you know, like what 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 you need to remember is that you know we have we have started this path. This uh, this type of thing, uh, you know, if you think about how how long it took uh, for Google's first search engine to be to be created, it yeah. really is like is actually not a not a, not a very different task from that because you're indexing on a whole bunch of things. And then you're trying to figure out how to map those things to the way that people search or the way that people think, right? Yeah. So yeah. this is really just the beginning for us. Um, and we are building a very large um, data science-driven, uh, you know, technology and infrastructure to do this. But this is, you know, by no means... You know, we will. Will we ever be able to say, okay, we're done. We we built it, and it's now, and it's now. You know, it's now. It's over. It's, oh, it's done. Uh, like it's a finished product. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's the that's the crux of science, evolving. right? What's that? I'm sorry, I interrupted that's right. you. No, no, that's all right. No, no, you 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 got it right. And, and um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, the part, the science part of data science also is like that, right? Like our yeah. algorithms are continuously learning as well. So, so we just were brave enough to say, okay, we can start. We can start from a very, very humble place and yeah. see what we can do. See, this is, this is so cool because I know that right now there's a lot of apps coming out for skincare. I actually recently interviewed um, the founder of the Do app. And it's interesting what their vision is because they're not, they're not focusing on like the ingredients like you guys are. They're more like, it's like a... Um, what do you call it? like a categorization app where it's like you can figure out who's buying what and then you know what I mean like if your friend buys this foundation like you know that in their drawer they have this so it's like I'm just curious mm -hmm. how I mean if you guys have thought about the possibility of just this big collaborative effort with other apps that are you know what I mean that add to the value of what you're providing already I mean you know because I think there's so many ways like I, I really believe that technology is the next step in skincare in terms of just you know mm -hmm. app development I really do genuinely because everything mm -hmm. is personalized now you know everyone wants something mm -hmm. personalized and everybody wants something that they know is going to work for their skin type so this idea of not only the ingredients but then also incorporating in the you know the aspect of well what's my best friend using versus what's my you yes. know like my favorite influencer what are they using so that is also I think maybe a parameter that um you know I would love to see in you know in addition to what you guys are doing definitely definitely and we're always open to collaborations which is why uh you know we we have uh, some really amazing ones in the works yeah we we view ourselves as uh almost like an open open platform and that's why we opened up um, access to our platform for the R&D folks of brands yeah. and we opened up access to our uh, good faith app community to marketing folks and brands you know like we are we are like you know the gatekeeper but we're we're all about giving access and making making like connecting all the 
hubs with meaningful spokes and drawing, right. drawing, continuing to draw more and more data around it so that we collectively, all of us can become smarter about yeah. uh, what helps and what doesn't in, in this aspect of our life. Well, that's, I think that's a, such a great point because I don't think, um, you know, when I was do, just in doing the influencer thing on my other account, I often was, you know, always thinking to myself that I don't think brands are understanding um, this disconnect between the influencer community and that, you know what I mean? Because I kept seeing dermatologists and people asking for that information and that data, but then here's your app, you know what I mean? That is basically solving all of these problems. And I, I'm, I'm sitting here wondering now, like, you know, so where is the problem? Because when you see some brands that formulate something that just does not fit well for most skin types or all skin types, that makes me really mm-hmm. think, you know what I mean? It's like, did you put in the research? Like, did you guys even do research? You know, so like, especially with a tool like yours, that's available to them. So, you know, it, it's very interesting. Yeah, so we um, we see actually that brands want to do better. They want to uh, develop products that um, are, um, you know, uh, really making sense. Um, yeah. But sometimes it is about uh, just time constraints. Sometimes it's about supplier constraints. Sometimes. Right. It is, it is about, um, you know, honestly, um, someone, someone just taking, taking their regular, you know, base formula, putting yeah. it into a product and then, and then adding a couple of actives into it and calling it a new formula because right. it's very easy to do that, right? And, you know, the previous base formula was accepted at Target, so why not just use it again, right? Right. So right. The, thing, the, thing, the thing about it is that um, while these people are doing this, the retailers and the regulators and science about these ingredients is evolving. And so yeah. they're, uh, it's, it's hard for them to catch up unless they have it at their fingertips in the development process, right? So there's great desire and great, uh, um, you know, curiosity for doing better on the brand side, uh, which is exactly what we're tapping into. That's amazing. Wow. I'm just, I'm very impressed, Eva. Seriously, this is truly, truly amazing. And it's great work. I mean, truly, I applaud you for it. I mean, we need this in the skincare, not only skincare, we need this in the medical community. I'm not even going to lie to you. We, We need these kind of, technologies because even when I look at something like pharmaceuticals you know what I mean like it's so so like cluttered and it's like you know Mm -hmm. I feel like your app and what you guys are providing could even be such a great resource for dermatologists and and their clients that they have you know what I mean somebody could easily show them like hey look you know the products or these are the ingredients that work for my skin and then that dermatologist Mm -hmm. is able to create a better plan of care for that patient, you know, mm-hmm. so there's just, I just see so many, so many uh, potential benefits of this. This is amazing. Totally agree with you. Totally agree yeah. with you. And we're looking forward to growing together with yeah. the field and, and with um, all of our brands that are working with us, adding new ones and also um, continuing to evolve our value proposition to our community of uh, good face app users. Wow. 
Well, thank you so much, Eva. This was such a great conversation. I would love to invite you back on with, with your co-founder if you guys ever want to come back on <laughs> just to talk. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. No, We're always up so great. for uh, yeah. jazz up and very, very interesting conversation. Thank you for the great questions. And really, uh, it sounds like you have a fantastic um, uh, you know, point of view on on the whole industry and yeah. on what's needed. So, so it's also very exciting to speak with someone who understands the industry. Thank you so much. That is the nicest compliment I've ever gotten. <laughs> That's very sweet. Yeah, I just, I'm a scientist. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a scientist at heart. I, my training is science. So I'm always thinking, you know, we all think alike. Engineers, scientists, we're all like, you know, yep. I think very like-minded in my opinion. So yeah, thank you very much for the compliment. Um, of but course, yeah. of course. Thank you to everyone out there who has listened to this episode. Um, we are so grateful for Eva taking time and coming on here to speak to us. I hope this episode was um, helpful and insightful for you guys as it was for me. Please make sure you go on to um, Google Podcasts or iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to us on and give us a rating. Also, make sure you follow the Good Face Project okay on um instagram and give them a like and you know check out the app for sure i i know i'm going to <laughs> so um mm -hmm. thank you so much guys and i'll talk to you next time <laughs>